and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast, a weekly podcast where the two of us, I'm a sort of like a self-sufficient startup mogul and creative uh, flights of fancy boy, um, and Ivanka, who is, I, I don't know how this structures, but... Uh, I'm a user-researchy person who is a mother... Which is a sort of tech job where you uh, put a thing in front of someone and go, what is, what is your thing of that? <laughs> do you like it? You? you go, do you like it? <laughs> do you like it? And, um, and then writes up, puts post-it notes. But um, yeah, this is a podcast where we just try and figure out what we think about yes. everything. So we just, you know, talk talk over talk over subjects. Um, my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm Ivanka Magic. Um, maybe we should do, maybe we should, my name's Michael Forrest. And I'm a thing. And I'm a bank of magic. And I'm oh, yeah. a thing. That Maybe work. that's the structure. Need to practice my intros. We, anyway. we should do it. We should probably do it like off the recording. But now it's in the recording. I don't care because. But anyway, like this week, we're going to talk about. Um, it's a subject I pushed for after reading this um, article, the Michael Scott theory of of social class. Um, and it sort of stratifies people into sort of losers in the sense of economic losers, um, clueless people in the middle, the middle managements, the Michael Scotts, the Ricky Gervaises, or whatever his character's called. What's his character called? David Brent. Brent. And then um, the top is the sociopaths who sort of have all the power and influence and control and, you know, run things. And how there's like a layer of, you have, they, they put this layer of clueless people in the middle to just keep the thing from imploding. Um, but it's, it's an interesting economic theory. But it, what, it's, um, what it does do is talk about um, those sociopaths in terms of the leverage they have and how if you're in the loser, if you're a salaried employee, uh, your loser is a sort of is being used as a technical term here, and and in some ways a loser is you know doing a lot better than a sociopath. But um, the idea that um, the losers are the ones that don't have any leverage; they just have to take the salary and do the job, and hopefully they don't have run out of money before they die. Um, whereas the sociopaths have this thing called leverage, whatever it is that allows them to you know they 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 use the way that they are capable of behaving to amass power and amass, um, amass this ability to sort of get other people to do what they want. And it's just notable that it's not something that we have, not terms that we ever think of. So, so is leverage the ability to use your power? Or, or your intent to use your power? Or is it, because how is it different? It's the power? power to get what you want. And no, it's, it's how you get, it is power. It is right. a definition of power. Like leverage right. is the power to get to influence people and get what you want. Right. Um, so it's just like it's a different way of thinking about what actually power is. And we've talked about um, we've talked about like the um, in terms of like conservative values versus you know uh, like the way that there's this like you know if you're not using this uh, intelligence and ba- mental bandwidth to try and um, empathise with people then maybe you're probably using it to try and think about how to get one over on them and I think this is a way of like like opening that up a bit and looking at that's what they're after is leverage over other people they're not after how can we make everybody sort of happy and everybody in a, you know um, so I just thought yeah Let's have a talk about that. Cool. I'm up for it.
it going, Ivanka? It's going very well, I think. I had some days off, which was nice. And I yes, uh, that's why we missed last week. Yes. We forgot to warn people again. <laughs> Sorry. I went I went away, I went to a different part of Croatia and stayed in a different uh, place and didn't see anybody. <laughs> um, but it's quite nice because we went for a walk. We went out to a national forest. It's a very different geography. Croatia has a very rich tapestry of different mm. reliefs for a very small must, country. Uh, so must be nice. It was nice. We went up and walked along uh, amongst very tall trees and with proper forest canopy. And when the wind blew, it sounded like there was a river. And that kind of video thing. Uh, patrons can see video of that in the interstitials. Possibly, yes. Um, did you ca- capture we did, any? We did some of the videos. majesty on camera. We did. Okay. Some, we, there was some majesty on camera, and cool. uh, we saw deer in the wild. They are not on camera because we were just in the moment rather than no, doing selfies. You should selfies. enjoy the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was a nice change. And I also I did a talk yesterday. At a company, a company paid me to do a talk, which was nice. And I've got some, I just just received an email with some, uh, some feedback about my quote unquote, excellent talk. So that's nice. Because you always feel one thing about this whole being locked away from the world is when you do do a talk, you're just talking to yourself (laughs) and your computer. (laughs) So it's a bit weird. uh, And it's hard. But I think now that we're a year in. I um, don't overcompensate quite as much as I did at the beginning of lockdown. So I'm getting slightly better at doing presentations to my own face on a Zoom or Teams call. Anyway, so that's about it, really. How are you? Cool. I'm good. I'm good. I'll tell you, I've I've written down one thing. I had a, I am, my... uh, pedal on my bike just I was going down the road and just like fell off and I was like what (laughs) it was it was a quiet road but I was like oh my pedal's fallen off I had to sort of turn around and pick it up and then I was trying to sort of get home on this like the slippery like remaining shaft on the one pedal um and so uh so I sort of got my bike home and then I was really busy the next morning and I had loads of and then I left the house I, I went downstairs I was like oh my bike's got a broken pedal as well so I thought, let's just see if the bike shop is open. And I wheeled it down. I actually, like, went down on it. I got, you know, you just pedal on one side. That's fine. So I went down to the bike shop. And um, I just, like, I sort of knocked on the door because they, they come to the door for you in this shop now. They don't, like, you don't, you can't walk in the shop. But I sort of put my mask on, knocked on the door. There's one other person there sort of, like, waiting. I think he'd already been seen. The guy came out. I said, look, I need, I don't really, because I didn't really know how to replace the pet. I was like, which bit do I need? Do I need the whole like bar or do I need the end it's like I think something off the inside is broken off and I just I was just like I don't, I don't know I had to literally go to the bike store because I didn't know what to do and usually I replaced my brake pads last week so I'm, I'm not like completely useless but like I just I just didn't know what I needed so I thought I'd, right instead of ordering something on Amazon I'll just go and see a person and say what, what do I need and he was like oh you need the pedal there's metal ones or plastic ones I was like um have you got any plastic ones that are smooth that we could like that you could use in bare feet on the exercise bike? Uh, no, no, no. But beside the point. I'll take the metal ones because uh, clearly I've broken some metal ones before. And he says, OK, well, uh, it'll take me five minutes to change them. I'm like, what? You're going to you're going to change the pedal for me. <laughs> and it's going to take five minutes. And I was like, really? 
And he just went away and did it. And I just stood there and he brought it out. And I was like, I've done both of them. And it was 20 quid for the pedal and the having it changed. And I was like, that felt amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Paying someone for a service felt bloody amazing. I was like, I need to do this more in my life. <laughs> Because <laughs> everything I have to do, I have to do it. Everything that's in my brain, taking up space, every admin task, everything that I'm like, oh, God, I've got to do that. I've got to do it. And just this idea that, oh, my God, I can pay someone else to do a service to change a thing. and Because uh, it would have taken me 40 minutes. I would have been filthy. I would have had to, yeah. you know, I, I, I would have been not, I would have started crying. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Did he at any point explain to you like what a pedal was or anything like that? Or no, he didn't patronise me either. He just looked sort of like a bit like I don't. Know, oh yeah, okay, fine, I'll help. It wasn't. It wasn't like beautiful service or anything. It was just like it. But he just did it, and I was like, that was wonderful. It and I'm great. So, and, and it started me thinking like, this is why you employ people. This is why you work with other people. This would be such a, like, in a way, such a silver bullet for me at the moment, because I've, I've got too many things to do. I've got too many projects. When I spend much too much time on one thing, it just means another thing isn't getting looked at. And um, that's what it is, isn't it? That's why you have other people on your team and they're looking at it and they say, oh, I've done this. And you go, what? <laughs> that's so much better than I would have done. <laughs> And um, yeah, I was just thinking, and it sort of got me thinking about this. Can I do like, uh, maybe even, can I do like a little tech apprenticeship program for Good to Hear? Like uh, get some like graduate and like do it all over Zoom or whatever and just, I don't know, just get someone. Because I, I mean, I, I wish I could. It's, it's a problem and, it, and we'll come on to this in the episode subject. I, I The thing that stops me, I, I kind of feel like I need leverage to... <laughs> to yeah. get people to do what I want. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we can we can open that up. But, yeah, just I had a wonderful experience with that. Well, that so sounds we delightful. So. <laughs> Leverage. So leverage. Leverage is getting people to do things because if they don't, you you've got you can there will be consequences for them that you can exact on. Is it them, quite right? literally using a lever? <laughs> it's going you. I'm paying you, so you have to do this spreadsheet. Sorry, there's no <laughs> other way about it. You're just going to have to do it, and it sort of takes away that whole like bargaining and like please can you do it? You just know I've, my leverage is that I'm paying you to do it. Do it. Um, Gosh, if and, it were only that simple. <laughs> well, well, well. Yes, I mean, there's, like, I mean we why always, do I have to do that? Because it's your job. <laughs> <laughs> and we always talk about this from the perspective of the employee saying look no i need you and we always try and like say look you have leverage too in a job nego in a job interview in a negotiation they're not just giving you something you've got something that you're giving as well so stop so one thing is just to realize that maybe <laughs> we all have a bit more it's you don't have to be a sociopath well I or think do you? the reason well I think the reason that this article talks about so I think what it means by sociopaths is people that are prepared to um have a 
an uncomfortable conversation or talk in sort of a slightly more coded language to get what they want that isn't necessarily sort of polite and friendly and sociable and, you know, like nice, the way that people that don't want to do that um, are more comfortable doing. So is a sociopath just someone that's going to go, no, I'm going to... I'm going to sort of slightly go outside the bounds of what is socially acceptable politeness so that I get something that I need. And I think that's what a sociopath is in this context. And it's in, in that sense, like, yeah, I'm very happy to use. And I think leverage doesn't have to be I've started with money. It can be I have these skills that you need and no one else has got them. So you're going to have to put up with me being an arsehole. <laughs> because... Well, I'm, I've gone quiet because I'm thinking about your... the. You know, is the difference between a sociopath? Um, is that is it about sort of politeness and social norms? Um, and I'm not. I don't. I don't. You know, people can be very blunt. Yeah, and that's not necessarily rude. And maybe it's about what leverage you use. Like, if you don't do this, I will fire you. Or if you don't. Mm. So, so when you when you're you know, if we talk about things like. Uh, the Me Too movement and giving people, you know, directors yeah. asking for sexual foul, inflicting, misusing, it, misusing their significant their, yeah, leverage. Yeah. yeah, so it's that that sort of. I don't think it's the manner in which you do it. I think it's the what you're hmm. what you're using it for, or what you're trying to gain by it that makes it uh, that kind of bad. <laughs> well, it's, so you have the power. Whether or not you use that power for good or evil is a separate question. Yes. But like, I just as a, as a as a sort of really straightforward as a really immediate example for me, like I, I Sharon is very much not a sociopath. <laughs> Sharon is someone that is wants people to be happy and feel comfortable. Um, she's taken. She, you know, she's in a job at the moment and has been for a while where that doesn't get you very far. That gets you sort of um, because well, she's got like. Uh, the Mike, some Michael Scotts to deal with, but then she's got like I, I think she does okay with. There's, there's this, this whole article is very interesting. I would recommend it, and it's about like the way different people talk to each other, and there's um, the sort of middle management. Everyone has to. They're sort of living in this slightly woolly, like made up fictional world, and they're sort of super loyal to this fiction that this the company in a way that someone who's actually like in power doesn't think of it that way yeah, they, yeah. they see the reality of it and the people that work for it see the reality of it i do this and i clock off or whatever it is like this is you've got to understand the situation the people in the middle don't understand the situation and so to talk to them you have to use baby talk um like you sort of have to kind of keep them warm and just play their silly games and so everyone talks to the middle management with so the losers and the and the sociopaths, but use baby talk on those people. But then, um, <laughs> but the the uh, the, uh, the, the, the the between the sociopaths, it's like power language. What is it? Power talk, where you're sort of um, every everything you say has like these implications, and you're aware of the leverage you have, and you're withholding information. You're sort of like implying that you want something in return for this cooperation, and all that kind of thing. The loser language is game talk. Like, how do we get through the day? How do we, you know, how do we deal with this? But then, like, it's interesting how when when the and when a company starts, it's just sociopaths and losers. Like, it's just people doing work and yeah, living yeah. in actual reality. And when they talk to each other, they just, you know, real talk. It's just like they, they don't 
there's yeah. no coded language. It's just like I, this I is do like, the, the situation. The I, yeah, I didn't read this. I scan read that article when you showed mm. I was like, okay, I'll leave it in a tab, read it later. Uh, yeah. But the more you're describing it, the more I'm like, I, 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 I love it as an analogy. Because <laughs> I can see, it's like I can really see the parallels drawn. It makes it interesting to me whether I've ever bought into the middle bit that, you know, well, like, I did. I would, did wonder if you would see like one of the examples of um, of the sort of middle of the uh, what do they call them? The um, the sort of delusional. What is it? The the um, clueless yeah. is what they call them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the examples is blue tick Twitter, and it's sort of. Um, like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I hope if I get because there is a sense in which we kind of rant and rave about the all the wrongs of the world yeah. in a sort of semi-performative way. Like we do, we believe it, we care about it, but we have no power to do anything about it most of the time. Yeah, yeah. And so there is there is a real way in which it's a sort of it's an artificial space where we make ourselves feel better by talking about it, but we have no real we have no real leverage. Uh, to actually make anything change apart from sort of like hoping that, you know, we hope to inspire someone with our amazing uh, insights. <laughs> but we're, we're, that's not the game that the sociopaths are paying, playing. No. And it's also a game that, you know, working people don't have any time for either. No, no, like, no, it's no. just like, yeah, I've got no. whatever. Sorry, so blue ticks aside, I think yeah. in organisational <laughs> settings, I think I've, I, ca- I can't, bring myself into the middle layer that's why no, I'm, I'm thinking about I, like I'm thinking about places like canonical and those middle management layers of the you know like and these kind of like there's multiple examples of places that I've gone to work where exactly what you're saying that's <laughs> not realizing that it's a game and I, th- yeah. I can even think of examples where I'm quite convinced that me and the director spoke to each other as me me going i know this bullshit and you you know this this <laughs> bullshit from slightly different positions yeah yeah but like you know so I, all these people I, so, in the so middle these, like, like, i can't i can't deal with those places because yeah, no, <laughs> like, i don't have the patience to speak baby talk but actually like this one thing that's really interesting about this article is the actual the value that the clueless people add it's partly it's that their loyalty is one of those crazy things. They have this loyalty to the company that has given them, they sort of feel like, because they get these job titles and they get these yeah, salaries yeah. and they feel so grateful to this thing and they really believe in the reality of this company in a way that yeah, yeah. the people that do the work don't. <laughs> they're just like no I, I mean i've got these skills i can take these yeah, somewhere yeah. else i'm making a marketing thing for a freaking you know a bank or something or a yeah. shampoo i know this is stupid um yeah but I, one of my favorite examples of baby talk is in from i think it was the ricky gervais one was um there's so daryl is the warehouse guy that's and uh michael scott is the yeah the manager and he they're, they're sort of negotiating salary a salary change and um Michael Scott's like reading the Wikipedia article about negotiation. It's like, oh, reorganize the room so it's put them off balance. And only succeeds in putting himself off balance by rearranging the room. But like his, um, he um, he insists that Daryl writes down what he wants as a salary uh, for his salary on a piece of paper and slide it across the table. And then when Daryl just gives it to him, he's like, no, no. no. Uh, Daryl has to. 
the baby talk is Daryl goes, okay, and slides it across the table to him. And that's like, that's just a one exact, that's the sort of baby talk that you have to use to sort of speak to people that are sort of signed into that world. But where I started with this is like, like Sharon is not a sociopath. Yeah. Sharon wants people, but like she's been put into a position where like she can't get what she needs by just baby talking <laughs> the middle management. But like she's, you know, just very uncomfortable using her leverage. And I'm really proud of her when she does it because I'm like, just use it. Like they need you. Don't take all this shit. Like just, you know, but it's it's hard to to become a sociopath and I, I I always breaks my heart a little bit I just want her to not do this job because it forces her to have to occasionally be a little tiny bit of a sociopath in order to get just some of the ludicrous amount of unreasonable pressure kind of like hopefully re re um retargeted or whatever so that she's not just like you know hives level stress um um and but it's interesting to see it laid out because, like, I, I see her having to do it and I just, she doesn't want to do it. Whereas I've always been, like, you know, the first, I, I remember, like, my grandfather was, like, a CEO of a, you know, company. And he gave me, when I was started doing job interviews, he gave me his binder that he got from his corporate you know, interview training and it was all, this is a meeting and, and it was really all about leverage and, like, you know, I'm giving you something you're giving. And that's, um, and I've always been, especially as I've felt more comfortable, uh, confident in what I have to offer, I've less and less... But I don't talk baby talk to those middle management people. I just talk, like, real talk. I just... The way I use it in a situation... Oh, I don't know. Like... It's very tricky. It's really tricky, what you're describing. The reason I'm, <clears throat> I'm not <laughs> adding much um, is because... I think it's really tricky because those people, you don't want to disrupt their reality because you know that it's going to crush them. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they like, really believe gonna it. They're going to be like... so sad. And it's not that I don't necessarily love the company or love the brand, but it's like, I'm, you know, it's more of that sort of um, uh, just reality. Just you, you reminded me of this quote my dad used to bring from, I'm sure I've said it on the podcast, uh, in one of the last 157 episodes, um, uh, it was a Montenegrin epic poem from the whatever century, four or 500 years ago. And it's like, I'll call you Duke, you call me Bishop, and we know what shit we are, is a very yeah. paraphrased <laughs> translation. It's like this pretense that we can create around yeah, ourselves that, you know, fiction. La, 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 the fiction of yeah. life. And sometimes I think that fiction is valuable. But sometimes it also, because, like, you know, the reality of life can be quite difficult. <laughs> but yeah. sometimes in the case of this, us perpetuating it allows the sociopaths to amass more and more power, I think. Yes, yes. It, it sort of protects the sociopaths from yeah. the and people it, and doing the job. And it does nothing for and everybody else. Yeah, exactly. And it's and and the the, ultra, the the worst failure of a middle manager is to uh, uh, the 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 losers class is forced to remove them from the equation and talk straight to the people in power. And now the people in power have to deal with a problem. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, but like it's it's when you are like being put under all this pressure, 
uh, effectively by the sociopaths, but yeah, via yeah. these middle management yeah. people that don't know what they're doing. That's where it becomes. That's what. That's why I don't want to ever deal with that because I don't want to talk to someone that doesn't know all that. That's no. why I, you know, I only like to talk to the CEOs. I, I just want to yeah. talk directly to someone that understands reality. Um, but it's yeah, just I, I, theatre. It's just yeah. theatre. It's like I remember, you know, particularly at Canonical, like, what did you all watch some 80s movie about? Like, what it looked like to be a manager? What the fuck is wrong with everybody? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are we doing here? Who will be? And it's not everybody and it's not exclusive, but you know, you just see people and you're like, what the what? Um, and it, it, but it is theatre. It is made yes, up and it requires definitely. energy to perpetuate as well. Yes. It's definitely. like if we all, and, and, but I, but I also think that uh, going back to your politeness thing yeah there is a there is a thing where i think politeness has crept over into theater it's like of course we have to be polite you can't just walk into work in the morning and, how are you oh fuck off and leave me alone you just can't do it so you have to be polite and you have to re- you know retain some social norms and you yeah. don't have to be brutally and bluntly honest with somebody when they're clearly having a bad day or something but yeah. Too much pretending, because <laughs> manners is really pretending, isn't yeah. it? How well, you? Oh, thank you for asking. I mean, yeah, I, 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 like it. Sort of depends on the. It does depend very much on the reality, because if um, if the reality is that things are pretty cool and like everyone's getting paid well and we're doing stuff and we're moving towards something good, then like it doesn't really cost so cost much to like. You know, say okay, yeah, yeah. I guess you're not doing very much, but it's fine. I'm, I'm fine. It's when you're not fine, like yeah. that, it becomes it takes a lot of energy to kind of. Because it's fun to pretend to. It's fun that fiction. It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, we need it. It's rich yeah. and it's like enjoyable <laughs> and like why not? Yeah. If but, but it's it's weird to think of the. It's weird to think when there are so many real problems in the world that such it goes back to bullshit jobs as well it's it's um it's amazing that so many people spend all of their time just in this sort of fictional reality that doesn't really affect what's really going on michael scott is a brilliant salesman and there's this the peter principle which is like you get promoted to the level of your own competence but the, the idea of this gervais principle is to sort of go beyond that and say um no, but the reason that that the sociopaths aren't that stupid, they're not just like promoting everyone outside the level of their incompetence and not realizing it. that ser- it serves a purpose to put those people in those positions, um, and it's important sort of economically. But it's um, I guess it's it's the way, and then it takes a certain sort of person to embrace that. Uh, someone who's maybe not. They could be good at their job as a salesperson, but they're not bright enough to really see what's actually going on. Um, but, so not everyone yeah. can sort of occupy that space. So, so I always have this idea that, like, what my point was, like, why was it have this idea that if everyone could stop doing the bullshit jobs, we'd have so much more brain power freed up to do real work let's invent some new kinds of fake meat let's 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 market let's create marketing around stuff that's real but there's some human need and some sort of a section of humanity that either does not ever want that or is maybe just not capable of it well i think you this is a good segue (laughs) to point (laughs) out the I, I think it's quite interesting because I think it only it's just 
there's a couple of things. One, it sounds like a new kind of religion. Okay, we can't it's because it serves as you know, in 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 the olden days the church had more power and getting mm. people bought into the, the theatre of that was useful. Yeah. It served a purpose. Yeah. Um bizarrely as a tangent that you might find surprising, I was reading Miss Marple while I was on my holiday because I love a bit of Miss Marple. But I don't know why. I was reading it rereading things I've read before, because that's how my brain relaxes. But I hadn't realised what a classist she is <laughs> when she's talking about maids and things. Those people, they can only behave like this. You know, it's like a way of, it is, again, that sort of whole thing of people in power retain power by having enough people that don't question them. And that's what, you know, like this, this is like, if you, if you, if you promote somebody who's just loyal, you know, like reward, you're rewarding their loyalty, they're going to protect your position. Hmm. Whereas yes, an Ivanka exactly. is not going to protect We're not loyal not people like, in that way. We're no. not, yeah, not loyal no. to people that are clearly exploiting and, us. And We're loyal I think to people that, we, yeah. that respect us. I also think it's disloyal and disrespectful personally to not tell the emperor that they're not wearing any clothes. Do you know what <laughs> I mean? You know, it's like, mate, something's wrong. I say this out of respect to you, yeah. not not because I, you know, so it's that, I think, but, you know, I don't know what, how come I ended up that, that way and not the other way, but, I, yeah. you know, it's And maybe like, it's just an innate thing, like some of us are, you know, we yeah, just... Yeah, We're sociopaths. Pass without power. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> I mean, money. we do, we do, we all, we clearly have some kind of power. Mm. Like, because I, I was thinking, do I need to learn how to be a sociopath so I can be more successful? <laughs> and then the more I kind of dig into it, it's like, no, I've been a sociopath this whole time. Um, but uh, the thing I leverage is, you know, the fact that. I've, I've I've done a decent job of leveraging my privilege and my work ethic and just the the, what, yeah. the things I'm interested in um, to sort of create a certain amount of freedom. But it's like to get to that next level of I don't know. Like I'm still it's still a very sort of private. I I think because I think I'm not enough of a sociopath to go the next level, which is to start. Ex- worrying about whether or not I'm exploiting people. I was wondering if we're just sociopaths with like some sort of set of community values that are sort of like societal values that mean that we can't break society for any anything that means that you're trying to undermine society to your own end doesn't sit well enough. Like, no. Unlike a, a Bezos or somebody who really yeah. clearly couldn't give a fuck about anything yeah. or anyone. Um uh, it, it's that sort of like ah, ah, there's a break. It, there's somewhere around us. It's like a bit yeah. that makes you. Go, oh, I can't do that. that that's like wrong. I'm, a, I'm a sociopath that, but I'm not because I feel. I'm, I, I, well, I had this in a leadership training thing, and I'm sure I mentioned it. But like I, I've got this difficult thing of I'm able to behave sociopathically, but then I feel really guilty about it afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I can do it but then I'm like oh god I'm a terrible person so um I it's it's a difficult uh set of personality traits to <laughs> reconcile so it's sort of sometimes I feel like that's kind of locked me into this strange little corner but it's a quite a cool corner mm. like I can't really complain but it's it re- it means I can't get I can't buy that penthouse anytime soon <laughs> I don't know if it's even ever possible without me 
letting go of some of that sort of not wanting to be a sociopath. I don't um, know. If those 1,300 billionaires let stopped hoarding all that wealth, maybe more of us would have um, more of the things we wanted. I don't know. Yeah, that, well, we certainly would, but that, do they feel like that's the leverage that they've built up and that that's what they're protecting? Like, is that, like, core to it? I mean, it is. I mean, tr- in truth, they yeah, really like, can do whatever they want. Yeah. There's <laughs> there, no one... there are no consequences. Have you I know, said my, uh, ba- my, not Bezos, but my Musk theory? Oh, no, go on. I'm starting to, this is a bit of a tangent, but I'm, I'm starting to really worry about Bitcoin and the way that, well, I, I, well I've, it's sort of subsided a little bit, but this, this um, creating this incentive for the most rich and powerful people to amp up their resource use, because it's all about how many resources can you burn is how many Bitcoins you can have. Yeah. And that's dark once you start, like, scaling it to... Yeah, once it gets more and more mainstream and more and more like rich people start investing in, it's just like here is a way to accelerate climate change, and that once rich people start connecting their wealth with it. But my theory of Jeff Bezos is uh, not Jeff um, Elon Musk is he wants to because the smart thing to do, space has way more resources, solar powered satellite is gonna help you mine an awful lot of Bitcoin. And and then unlike the the problem with the problem with energy is not so much that it's not available, it's just that it's hard to transfer to the earth. Yeah. And this is the theory of the Jewish space lasers, which um, Sharon's still waiting for a go on. But um, <laughs> is that they're sort of like getting energy from space and they like missed the receiver because like you'd have to like microwave beam the um, the energy from space. And that's really, really dangerous. But if you just want to go up there and mine Bitcoin and you just have to send like radio down some private keys once you've done it, like the scope for expanding your wealth that way yeah so if you just want to go out there and mine bitcoin then it's just the possibilities are limitless really of how much wealth but then like what made me feel a bit better about it was um there is a limit to how many bitcoins can be mined at which point it has to stop there'll be a scarcity um but at least the sort of resource destruction has to stop with bitcoin at a certain point but then how many other blockchains will people put wealth in that then require it's scary to think that we've invented something that is why we but this is just more theater we're perpetuating the idea of what has value isn't it aren't we oh the thing is we need we need some sort of means of exchange and some way of having these transactions and bitcoin is a very good solution to it but it's there's, uh, there's, no, that's why on our Bitcoin episode we talked about our chain because that was like a different model yeah. that isn't all about just exploit, you know, sucking resources out of the earth. Um, but I, but I, I mean, I think it's real in a real sense, in a way that, um, yeah. I mean, well, in no, a way sorry, that the stock I, market isn't really. Like the st- okay, yeah. the stock market, this sort of perceived value of things and how it just kind of, I mean, maybe that's. Um, that's weird, isn't it? Like this fictional type of... It's just as long as everyone believes that... There's actually a lot of power in yeah. people believing a, sh- a shared fiction. And money yeah, yeah, is yeah, one yeah. of those things. Yeah. So, yeah. But but the theatre that I was referring to in this context was more like the... the, the that the the value in accumulating personal well, yeah. wealth 
and and what that gonna, what that's going to do for you and for humanity. I was I was thinking about it this morning. I was well, I had to go to the bank yeah. here to get a piece of paper to show how much money I had in my account. Not a bank statement, a special piece of paper, <laughs> handwritten right, on the say, th- anyway. But whatever. So so that so and I had to wait, and it was just like it was all a gross waste of my time. Yeah. And I was thinking like sometimes you, I think of my time in terms of like the money that I'm not you know I have a day rate Mm. but I also have the time of you know just sitting with my child and reading so it's like this time that you're making me sit here has value to me beyond that money can never compensate for and and you know that idea that this like Elon Musk with all his fucking greed and his selfishness yeah. and that you know like he it's that it's that sort of uh uh that's the theater that we still keep talking about in a way that that is valuable and it's literally and it's, not. it's literally where <laughs> his power has come from his wealth has come from his ability to create these narratives these stories we're going to we're going to we're going to fly to, to mars, mars and this is how we're going to yeah. do it we're going to make a neural chip that you can control your things with your he's he's his skill is not in any sort of like technical thing it's in creating these narratives in the same way that skill is in um creating this loot this just fake reality that enough people will buy into and that's yeah the currency of that fictional narrative has never been more valuable and more powerful and the thing about it for me that i think that isn't comprehended by an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos or any of these other greedy fuckers (laughs) is that it makes them unsafe like my life is safer and better if all the people around me are safe and well yeah in my view yeah like if they don't have communicable diseases, mm. if they have all eaten, if they're not hungry, if they don't want to rob me, if they're like, if they're not, my life is better. And that there, that is exactly the piece I think that they are missing the safety. They cannot but, safety their way out. But of that's this. what that because they're thinking in terms of leverage, in terms of what yeah. power can they have, and that's when you come to the like, how am I going to control my guards? And like, what leverage will I have yeah, over yeah, them yeah, when yeah, the money exactly. goes? And it's like you fundamental won't. to their worldview that like. <laughs> Yeah, there are limits to it, and maybe if they were a bit more aware of the limits to the yeah. the, the so-called leverage that they have, yeah. that they might stop being such sociopaths, and they might like yeah, sort yeah. Of find a little bit of a balance. Like I'm trying to learn to do a bit of what Sharon does here and there, because sometimes you can get an awful <laughs> yeah. lot out. You know, well, you can get a lot more by um, you know sort of playing along than you can by just making people feel a bit stupid and worthless and judged and which i'm sure i've done many times in my life um, yeah, i'm sure i have to I, but sometimes they deserve yeah, it yeah you always deserved it <laughs> going you know that whole controlling your guards when money has no value it's like there is no limit to what value to somebody showing them some love and respect gives you Mm -hmm. that's it you cannot pay your way out of that think about it in terms of loyalty if nothing else like (sighs) understands that though he's like he's always flattering people like he he does understand that did you see the um 
did you see <laughs> i don't know if this ties in but may, it might be fun uh, although we should finish um yeah have you seen boris johnson's that little interview with him where he claims that um he decided to um like start going into politics uh, as a sort of um, midlife crisis. You know, so I had a bit of a midlife crisis in my mid-30s and I suppose it made me want to start uh, get doing more service, uh, like f find ways of, uh, you know, of no. providing some service to my country. I'm like, you are so full of shit. And <laughs> I know this from Ivanka's story, if nothing else. But I suppose, like, Boris, maybe if we... <laughs> He's... Um, He's eventually managed to amass enough leverage to get into power, but his sort of buffoonery, the way he is, I guess, has just made it take a very long time. <laughs> May, I, I have not seen the video. It's just a little... I, I kind I of summed to. it up. There's nothing else to it, really, but it's just a lie. <laughs> yeah, like, on the same day that there's that quote from the French... Um, a diplomat saying that he's just a serial liar and just will say whatever and just has no values who just um you know he just wants power and it was like that video came out on the same day and i'm sure that the two aren't completely unconnected <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yeah uh, on my uh, on i i suppose it, it it may or may not be tangentially related but this idea of service like uh, I, I shared the other week a video of my uh, my foster nephew doing his boxing, but then the other on the nineteenth of February it was um, Carers Day or something or Foster Caring Day or I can't remember Kids in Care Day. Anyway, my sister wrote a blog post um, because you know that is providing a service to society for real mm. in a very very tangible way, not some sort of made up, trapped up. Uh, Boris style. Mm. Can you imagine him? Thi I mean, who does he think he's kidding? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, His team was like, "What well, can we come up? What about a midlife crisis?" Oh. Yeah, 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 sure. I'll say anything. Yeah, I think that's how that went. Dear, oh dear. Anyway, should we? Uh, should we wrap it up? It's not. It yes. wasn't. A, it wasn't a crescendo, but I just, I just wanted to mention that thing. It all, it's all interlinked. for listening we are thinking of making this a live recording with possible chat interaction uh, so we'd probably do it up on youtube maybe even twitch but you'd you if you if you're a patreon you could come and join our um the chat and then actually like throw ideas in and influence the podcast so it'd be a bit more like a sort of pub talk um and so uh, that's something we're just kind of kicking around the idea of and just let us know if you're interested by supporting us on Patreon <laughs> yes Perhaps. or just send us an email or whatever like we're, we're probably we'll still want to do it on a Friday morning um, which might not work for everyone or anyone but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. unlikely to work for most people um, but you know well I mean it's certainly right in these times it's probably like if you're like listening to stuff in the day then you know it might work I'm seeing a lot of people like joining my stream just for, you know to while they're at work just to um, you know 
have something on. Have some background so, noise. Um, <laughs> It could work, you know, it could work. Otherwise, you know, you can uh, communicate with us asynchronously as well uh, via, um, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me at Ivanka, where I have a blue tick on, on Twitter. Twitter. Blue tick. She's got a blue tick. There's no blue tick for this guy, at Michael Forrest on Twitter. He's very far away from a blue tick. Are you at 10,000 followers yet? I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> I genuinely don't know. <laughs> I, like, I can't believe most of those people don't unfollow me when they realise I'm not Ivanka Trump, but people do follow Ivanka's me. Ivanka's got 9,553 followers. So. Follow me on Twitter. <laughs> Add to my number. Help Get me reach 10,000. And then I will be the winner. Sustain the delusion. Of the numbers. <laughs> What it does, though, is give you good, better filters for when people accidentally tweet abuse oh, at you. So okay. that was my part of my That's reasoning reward. for getting a blue tick. People in your mentions, cleaning up your mentions, as the, as the Twitter arty say. Um, Do they? Come and join. I, I'm streaming a lot. Um, so if you want to just come and chat and hang out with just me, I might be programming, I might be doing some music, I might be doing some graphic stuff. Um, you can just come to twitch.tv slash Michael Forrest and join in. Um, and that's it really, isn't it? Send us an email, hello at grandpodcast.com and we'll see you next week. Bye! Bye! See you next week! Bye! Video episodes on Patreon. Bye! Bye.